Welcome back to the With Joe Weeby podcast. Luke, we're going to keep unpacking for our work week today. I want to ask you if you could negotiate, if you could renegotiate uh, one thing about your life right now with whoever you need to talk to about it, what would that one thing be? That's a tricky one. Give yourself time to think. It's completely, completely fine. So, for example, is it like an extra hour in the morning for something? Is it a day off a week for something? Is, mm. it a, is it a certain type of task at work versus a different type of task you normally have to do? I would uh, say, just yeah. reflecting off that, the yeah, a little bit, little bit more time in the mornings to really sort of anchor the day. And if I'm being honest, when I'm training, when I'm training quite a lot, I would, I would love that little bit more sleep to sort of yeah, optimize, optimize the sleep to feel better during the day, and then less less travel time and more remote work yeah big one i guess it creates more flexibility Mm. gives you a lot more options optionality our favorite favorite word our pumping episode that's really very i love those examples this is just so fucking simple they're so relatable to probably a lot of people listening and they're so like simple but high value especially Mm. if you think about the sum of having that every day of your week, month, year. Well, it's huge, yeah, right? The remote work ties into future concepts in the book where like Tim tell, Tim explains how to actually eliminate things and yep. from your environment when you're trying to actually focus. Yep. So when you're in an office environment, you can't really control that element. Even yep. though you need to talk to colleagues and customers, there's a lot of time that we spend sort of distracted and controlling that element of time is makes you be more effective. I, I think at least. I completely 100% agree. My, my next question would be, what are the actual obstacles to having those simple things you mentioned? The obstacles? So you said are, sleep, a bit more time in the morning. Can't remember if there was a third. Probably have to go to... Remote work, you um, said as well, third. Manage, well, the people that manage those decisions, you literally have to negotiate with them. <laughs> Okay, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's it's, uh, it's, it's a good point because they're very relatable. Morning time is the best time for deep work for pretty much like 90% of people or something. Like there's science behind it. You don't really need the science. Just look at your own life. Notice, see how you wake up tomorrow morning, how much easier it is to focus. That's That means you're part of this sample too. Mm. And, you know, I a couple of years ago swapped out morning time for the gym for writing instead mm. of the gym because writing was more valuable to me than the gym. So that was a big reason. And, you know, in four-hour work week, Ferris has a lot of practical advice for negotiating for those sort of things that you think would not be ever granted to you by your workplace and actually having a straightforward way of negotiating them. The theme of this episode is treating everything in life like it's negotiable. And that's a saying that we always have in sales when I was more focused on real estate like the price is non-negotiable, but some smart ass would always say, everything is negotiable. <laughs> it's kind of true though. It is, mate, it's kind of true. You, how many times, I'm trying to think of all these examples of times I assumed something was just a given and I was wrong. Um, I was wrong about like my options about life after high school. The only sort of non-boring office job I could do was like this film dream. I've learned since there are way more fucking options, a whole spread of options in between that are way more flexible, fun, 
even a lot of business stuff is not as just cold-hearted, boring as I thought it would be. Fuck, duck. There's just so many What's... examples. Like I thought you had to not enjoy work for a while and that was just part of our lives that you just don't actually enjoy it and you get to a point then you can enjoy it. I think that's a very common one. It's a very dangerous one. It's completely fucking wrong. I'm not saying people don't do that and like what happens on the other side, that's great, but it doesn't have to be that way. I was brought up with that hard work, immigrant Lebanese, immigrant hard work ethic. You got to work hard. Happy, um, not happiness will come later, but like the rewards will come later. Not really true. Like you can, you can enjoy the journey. A lot of people do. Would Fucking you, choice. Yeah, anything you can think of that you would negotiate with yourself or any other party at the moment in your life. I know you live a really. I have negotiated a lot, but it has yeah. taken a couple of years. Okay. Like it's self-directed. There's no one to. If I'm sick, there's not really anyone I tell that I'm not going to be working that much that day. You know, I work closely with Liam Hounsell and Constant Student. But that's it. We both are very chilled and laid back. I used to be in the office for real estate after COVID. I was even liberated from the office. I noticed I got way more done. So certain types of work, you're actually better off not being next to people. Mm. So if you were negotiating that for yourself, that could be part of your case. Like I'd rather have this blocked out time and then I would come in and do whatever. Or maybe it's I'd stay an hour later because morning time is more valuable than evening time, you know, it's it's like, what do you have to lose by just raising it? Like, I think I could be more productive this way. Mm. And I've still got a large portion of the day that I'm here to interact and everything like that, you, which is powerful because you assume, ah, they would never do that. But what if in three years' time you bring it up and it's like, oh, that's a great idea. And you think, well, fuck, you've just lost <laughs> three years of serenity. I think he, Tim, he also emphasizes, basically, if you're going to go and negotiate, you just very clearly state, I'm being i'm seeking these things for a particular reason that's going to benefit both parties like exactly. the remote work to spending more time doing deep work for example in the morning is going to make actually increase your output and stuff like that it really is and it just it's a good skill to actually develop that to be able to communicate i had a couple of like just thoughts these are some of the things i, I get concerned about as in terms of like assumptions especially assumptions people have over longer time periods and intervals mm. So the first is I have to labor away at this thing for years, whatever it is. Like I have to chip away. At, I used to think I have to chip away at real estate for a couple of years. Even that's not what I love. I have to chip away at it before I can do the next thing. I don't think it was true. But I am better for having done and learned. I've taken what I have from the experience anyway. I have to do this thing I don't enjoy. That's kind of similar. But there's, there's not many scenarios where you should have to do something that you don't enjoy. Like there really isn't. Like you always perform better if you enjoy it. So if the point of doing, if there's some value to doing something, you're not going to do as well. <laughs> like you don't enjoy it. You're not going to do it as well. That's what that means. If you don't quite enjoy it, it's hard to justify that. If you could do something else that you would enjoy, you'd actually do better at that. I'd rather be doing way less, earning less and enable more time to find that thing or, or just try things. I, I don't know, but that's me. Third, I have to put up with this hollow feeling every morning before I start the day. <laughs> you don't have to. Big one. That's, That's a big one. one. I have fallen into that. So I've escaped that, fallen back into it, being, being confused why I fell back into it, and then, you know, probably come out of it again recently. 
Mm, I think I'm, you... I'm starting to pay more attention to do- dopamine and that, so that morning feeling you get with like a rush for a reward and you check your phone, social media, I've learned that most of us are living our lives kind of enslaved by dopamine, not just in social media. That's the part we're aware of, but most of our metrics at work, especially people who work in sales environments, marketing environments, you know, like when you sit, you get a little pay, a win, a payoff, a deal goes through. The reward can often be like dopamine. It can be pleasure. So if you feel tired after Mm. that's kind of, I'm not the best expert at this. No, 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 yeah, I can speak yeah. to that. Like, for yeah, example, exactly. When you, I can think back at my time when I was sort of on the floor as a salesperson, if you, you would work like, don't get me wrong, I would really enjoy it. And I'm not sure how much of it is what you're describing or how yep. much of it is Hard actually yep. interacting with that many people and sort of getting that does to, it too. That so does it's it like, too. Yep. it's a mix between the two, but you would like hit this massive, you'd set these little milestones, hit these massive goals. And then after you would, I mean, you'd feel incredible, but then it would push back down and you get sort of like a hollow, empty feeling. It's the same. I'm going to be a bit cheeky here. Casual sex, drugs, alcohol, social media. You have the same kind of experiences. Mm, chasing it's, the... it's the same systems. Work mm. can actually be pursued from, if I'm going to summarize it with neurotransmitters like endorphins, oxytocin, like when you run and you feel that release after that's the, I think it's endorphins. It's very, that's Speaking a very, that's a very different feeling. That's, that's where you seek the pain. Your body compensates with pleasure mm. When you seek pleasure to bring you back down. Your body compensates with pain, but I so wouldn't to seek pleasure is to seek pain. Yeah. Like pleasure. Yeah, that, that, there was a good book. There was a good book I was reading on that. Actually, we probably shouldn't diverge too much, but Anna Lemke, it was dopamine nation. It was oh, a really wow. good well, I'm explanation that on my reading list. But running, for example, is like, I know, I'm sorry, I just cut you off, Joe, but no, no. running running is like when you get to the end of it, even a really long run, you're exhausted, but you just feel relaxed. Exactly. And it's, it's not a, it's not a high, it's, but no, it's, no, not, no. it's different not the chemical. same high. It's yeah. a different chemical, not dopamine. So that's mm. why it's mm. so positive. So that's a big one, right? Don't put up that feeling every morning. It might not mean you need to change job. It might mean you need to change your morning routine. So it's not that drastic. And then fourth is I have to study for this many years before I can do X. I need to gain experience. Treat experience like it's negotiable. Controversial. Most people wouldn't tell you that. It's negotiable. Treat it like it's negotiable. What we do now with Constance Student, I always love the idea of being able to help people with their projects, but always figured, uh, fuck, I need to actually be a certain level of competent before I could do that. So I couldn't go straight to being like Peter Thiel, (laughs) (laughs) right? And the conventional thing is, well, you'd need startup experience. You'd need to have your own PayPal under your belt or something like that, which is actually a very long journey to get there. Probably not worthwhile, right? Trying to invest in a 15-year pathway just to get somewhere. I don't, that's pretty risky to me, unless you're going to enjoy the 15-year pathway, Mm. whereas why I love constant student is like, all right, I learned a lot of things about automation, sales, all a blend of kind of online projects and skills and stuff, and also self-awareness stuff, which is a big part of it and everything too. And I could just go to people who are way, way behind me on that and start from there. Like classic when I was helping you guys with the podcast. Yeah. That stuff is classic. You should find, everyone should find situations like that where it's like so simple for you 
but so like hard for them to go find that on their own. Mm. And you just so simply make a big difference for someone. That's very powerful. Yeah. And then over time that just leads to more exciting opportunities like that, the way that kind of rolls and that momentum. So that's me attempting to renegotiate the terms of like, if you want to work and help people with significant projects and be an enabler, the conventional thing is you'd need to be like a Tim Ferriss and have this massive brand and have all this. The work to get there is so expensive in each direction. Whereas how can you treat it like it's negotiable? And normally it's just like, where can I already exchange lots of value? Right? Like where is their asymmetric? Like I have this thing. I'm already like better than a lot of people who are beginners at. Because if you're young, it's probably like, you can help real, real beginners like you guys are doing with running. And then you can probably just go, all right, <laughs> create something that brings those people to me and then I exchange it. And in doing that, I'm going to keep learning more, but I'm also gathering this proof, proof of work, a portfolio of work, people who believe in me, a bit of a tribe. And that's what, that's what you do. So, you know, treat that. So, you know, I'm kind of like or every moment you spend studying unless you really need an accreditation like you need to be get that doctorate or pass the bar to be a lawyer whatever it is every minute you kind of spend just sitting in lectures is a minute you could be applying to building a real portfolio competency network connections so i get be very careful about the assumption that you need to study more because it's hard it's hard for studying more to be the way to learn more than actually doing it. Very rare that studying it versus doing it is going to like help you learn more if this it detracts. Might, so this might be an interesting thought. Maybe it's just me in my own head. But when what about I, I found at least the more I the more I learn, I still then still have self doubts and stuff. Like I never feel like I'm qualified to then. You know what I mean? Like you can convince yourself that. For running, for example, it's like I, I don't think I could, I don't think I could actually teach someone. But you, I could, like I've learned so much over the past two and a half years just from my own journey. Do you do you think that's common? Well, I, I've had that a little bit, but I don't have that very much anymore. Mm. A lot of people say that what, uh, the Tim Ferrisses of the world still feel imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. He's talked about it on podcasts, so I don't know if it's that, that's reassuring. But to me, I don't actually. I try as much as possible to avoid thinking of it as like teaching mm. uh, in a way almost like with the whole doors analogy i often think my role is to show you the door not pull you through yeah so on one level i kind of simplify the goal because that's still a value exchange like just got to appreciate that like and people eventually tell you like oh this made a real difference for me mm. um but yeah, it's, it's, I, I get what you're saying. It's super, super common. And that doubt is what holds a lot of people back. But the other thing is I back myself to improve at a very fast rate. Yeah. So even if I'm, it's hard, honestly, to be not good enough. Like, mm. uh, actually, I should really be careful about what I say there. You can, you can like, you can, you can obviously like a lot of people will notice your superpowers or things you're good at around you. I've explained this to probably, I think you and Dom, like you keep, if, especially if you keep getting asked certain questions by people, that's, that's one real sign. But even if people aren't always asking for help with a particular thing, that doesn't mean you don't have something that you could 
give to people now. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I, I just I just think that I'm trying to. You're really making me think here, Luke. That's my job. Because I don't I don't really have that anxiety very often. Mm. But I, I'm trying to understand why I don't. I don't know if I've just become familiar with it over time. I don't know if there's a Thomas Watson quote, like I stay within the spots I know. I don't try and venture outside there. Honestly, the one thing, actually, this does come to mind. One thing that really helps is actually the honesty of what you don't know Mm. with someone you're trying to help. Nothing is more persuasive than that humbling of yourself. So we have so many situations, you feel this at work, I'm sure all the time, where a question is posed at you and it's, you feel like you're meant to know the answer. Mm. A client or someone like that might do the same thing, but there is no situation where you can't just go, honestly, I don't know that. Mm. Like I'm helping a guy with a book or when I was doing a sale for someone and they'd ask this, it's like, I can't guarantee this person's going to buy your house for this much money. I can't guarantee that this book's going to X and Y, but there is a process. And I believe that this kind of works to a large extent. Um, It takes two to tango, whatever. But I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. What I do know is this, this, and this. But I'm always learning. Hmm. And if 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 you listen to me saying that, anyone listening or you, Luke, if you listen to me saying that, think, oh, yeah, you know, I trust that guy. Like, that feels right. That's the same feeling someone else would get. Yeah. Hearing you say that. Yeah. And that is like, you can be, I think, I don't, we live in a world where the generations before were obsessed with authority figures and that's really unwinding. So that's where the need to be establish your credibility, I think, comes from. It comes from our respect for authority. That's very misplaced. If you remember Taleb, how idiots can outshine experts. But I think that you can be honest about where you're at because I believe in this constant student concept, like everyone is on a learning curve. You are just at some point on that learning curve. Mm. And if someone's behind you on the learning curve, they are behind you on the learning curve. For anything to do with running, if it was running with you and Dom, that is just so black and white when someone's behind you. It's so Mm. tangible. So that is one of like the, the crispest examples of there being an immediate value offering there. Imposter syndrome is very normal, but I still think it's not a very, I don't think it actually makes much sense to experience it. I think it's something people should be able to condition themselves out of if they can find at least like three big examples of it, like overcoming it. If you can see yourself overcome it in like three different situations, I think that should be enough to really recondition it because it's it's really not based in reality. No. It's It's conditioning that you should like unconditioned i think it definitely gets it definitely gets easier when it does you see get yourself, easier when you see yourself go through situations especially that you didn't think you could overcome that's yes. when that that's when it gets much easier and you sort of build confidence I would massively say. massively well that was a great question and that's why luke is gonna one day get paid the big bucks but <laughs> But so thank you for bringing that out. It's a good opportunity for me to to think. And I have to admit, I don't fully know as well. So there you Mm. go. Very meta. But we'll wrap that episode tomorrow. What do we want to unpack? So everyone's going to treat life as if it's negotiable now and make Tim Ferriss very proud. Tomorrow we're going to all be ineffective, not efficient. And if you don't know what the fuck that means, then you definitely need to tune in tomorrow. Um, But if, if not, 
check out the make sure you sign up to the doorman newsletter just check out the link that says everything joe in the show notes and you get a in-depth like deconstruction of the podcast once a week instead of maybe tracking every single episode streamlined way short no bullshit to the point thank you very much luke excited for that tomorrow thank you joe